0: Celtics
1: Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and joining me, as always, John Duke. And, uh, you know, I thought we were just going to sit down and talk about the Golden State game and how it was close and, you know, maybe this team... Is really going to be a competitor for reals if they can get out of the Eastern Conference and then, you know, woes bomb, woes bomb, and then here we are again. Uh, But we're not going to let them steal the Celtics' thunder, even though that was a loss. It was a heck of a game. It really was an enjoyable one, close all the way through. Tatum definitely rose to the occasion when he's been kind of sitting back quite a bit this season off and on. So it's great to know that that postseason play that we saw from him when in that environment certainly would shine again. Uh, I think the doldrums of the season for these guys not knowing their roles is rough. But when they get in the big game, the bright lights are turned on. That's very encouraging for the postseason, John. So let's talk about it a little bit because not only that, Kyrie obviously had a good game out Horford has really, after, what, eight games off, really brought got back to where he needs to be. And it showed in that one as well. And DeMarcus Cousins obviously getting some playing time. I think that was, what, game three for him against the Celtics. So here we are just kind of watching him try to integrate himself. You know, he also fouled out with about seven minutes to go, and they didn't call it. They wound up doing it in a phantom foul on – uh I can't remember who it was. it might have been Clay Thompson, it was, well, Thompson, but it was it.
2: Livingston, but yeah Livingston. No. no
1: that's what it was. it was Livingston, this, yeah this total phantom foul to keep him out there. I actually think the Celtics could have won that one walking away if Demarcus was off of the floor uh in the closing minutes, but whatever you're not counting on the officials to win a game for you, but at the same time um it's, and that and if the Celtics had a little bit more coordinated offense in the last two. Minutes, I think they could have ended up stealing that or sending it to overtime.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there was a lot of people unhappy with it, the loss, and and you know, t- to have it that close and not pull it out is is tough. I don't feel like it was a it was a win that was stolen from the Celtics. I think that was that's something I've heard a lot of. Well, they, they should have had it. Well. Look, you're playing against the best team in the NBA, maybe the best team of the last 20, 30 years. And you know, you don't just like get those games, you know, I mean, how you
1: don't look at that encouragingly. I mean, we'll get to Hayward a little bit later, but really outside of Hayward, I think the team played pretty darn well I, the entire yeah. way through. I mean, Morris's defense, Morris's defense was phenomenal. We, we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit too, but, um, you know, he had a tough assignment. So, real tough assignment defense. Well, but that, but he's gotta do that, right? I mean, for him to have value on
2: this team, that's gotta be his role. He's gotta be the guy that you throw at LeBron, the guy that you throw at KD, you know, and I, I thought a lot of guys did, did their, their job, um uh, pretty well in that game. I mean, Horford was a monster. I mean, for as, as, as much as people talk, I wanna talk about how Boogie looked and Boogie surprised me, Horford was the best big man that game, uh, by far. Uh, Kyrie had a great, you know, game. The, the finish obviously didn't, didn't end up going so well, but I thought, you know, they're not in that game without Kyrie Irving. They're not anywhere near, anywhere close without Kyrie Irving. The Celtics showed that they are a team that can compete with the Golden State Warriors. That was, that was, that's what they had to, to me, that was what I needed to see out of that game on Saturday. I needed to see that the Celtics could stand, go toe to toe, that you know, that there are opportunities for the Celtics to take advantage and there's certainly opportunities for Golden State. Now look, the Celtics have to play at a much higher level than the Golden State Warriors have to to win. The Celtics have to play near perfect. I mean, every single game you watch, it's possession to possession to possession. And you always are, you're, you're holding your breath every time Golden State has the ball because you know something crazy could happen, you know, 35 foot three or whatever it is. And that's just, that's their offense. But the Celtics, They played close to perfect, just not perfect enough. Too many turnovers down the stretch. But, you know, you see a team... Uh, in the Golden State Warriors, that's not infallible. A team that can make mistakes, a team that's very powerful, but also has some underpinnings there of some bad, uh, bad behaviors and turnovers continue to kill them. The what Kevin Durant think, turnover bro? at the end oh, was yeah. an absolute killer, and just free throws. The game missed free throws as well. Right. Sure.
1: Definitely plenty of opportunities there. But you know, here's the thing too. What about the pace of the game? Because the Celtics came out looking to play that West Coast style of ball, getting up and down the floor, and actually had a pretty hot start. I I liked it. I thought it waned as the game went on. Um, And I don't know if they just got tired, if they lost their legs, if Brad kind of thought this strategy isn't going to win us the game. It was a great way to kind of come out and surprise them and give them a little sucker punch to the gut and see if we can't stake a lead. I'm not really sure, but I would love to see them play that brand of basketball. You know, earlier in the year, We saw a little bit here and there. But just attacking in transition in the Brooklyn game, Jalen Brown, a couple of more of those really nifty finishes in transition. I mean, in transition in a one-on-three, yeah, it gets ugly with him. But in true transition with that outlet pass and he's kind of coming up the middle or out on the wing and uh, he can just keep the defender on their heels and it's really one-on-one. I mean, those are the ways that you can really take advantage of the defense of uh, Golden State, and then Golden State continuing to apply that pressure. I thought the Celtics' transition defense got ugly a few times. There was a while there. It was great. I thought they were doing amazing, but then it got ugly for a little bit. And I think the pace of play, I'd actually like to see the Celtics kind of try to continue that.
2: Well, and, and I think it goes into the the kind of the next thing we want to get into, which is the second unit, and the second unit, I thought that's when the game really slowed down. Is when they brought in Rozier, they brought in you know Brown, they brought in Gordon Hayward, and no flow, ugly. That, that second that late first what, second quarter, ugly. Yeah, ugly. everything ground to a halt, and I think you know the the issues of that unit are really. <laughs> what really uh kind of set things back for for good parts of the game. Having said that, though, they did lock down the, the Warriors in the second half of that third quarter, where you know they were running with Cle- with uh, Steph and with KD on the floor, and they really held them scoreless for several minutes. So now the Celtics also <laughs> went nearly scoreless during that same stretch. So. There is a give and a take. That's how there. they roll, but, they,
1: that's how they roll but they got all the time. Yeah, they do. You know what? That's the you, problem. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, we'll we'll talk about Morris in just a minute for sure. But just to kind of close out that second unit conversation, I mean, it's just we really expected Hayward to be sort of the facilitator and the ball handler. And while he's making nifty passes, you really can't initiate the offense with him because he really can't iso himself. Right. Like that's not going to happen. He, and that's something he definitely could have done in the past, but oh, yeah. you and I have been praying for this being sort of like this ISO facilitate the offense, set it up. And instead it's kind of a, a disjointed rosier and Gordon really even struggling a lot of times to get free to even get the ball beyond the arc to set something up or even make for a drive. Uh, really, really disjointed. I mean, I almost think, you know, there's a part of me that says, Let's put Marcus Smart back in there to run that second unit, but you just can't because he's thriving in that first unit. So, and we'll talk about that as well in a second. But first you'll just remind everybody that you can follow Celtic stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS media network at CLNS media. Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS media app. For iOS and Android, simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. Finally, YouTube.com/slash CLNS Media for high definition, full length locker room interviews and the Garden Report. And you know what? The Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. Lots of excellent Patriots content on that YouTube channel this week as well. And they got Trags out there covering the game. A whole team of uh, folks out there. So make sure if you're uh, if you're an all New England fan that you're checking out everything on CLNS Media. So, John, I kind of want to leap off uh, that conversation about the two Marcuses because it's been a major focal point. We've really enjoyed them being inserted into the starting lineup. Um, but we also just talked about Golden State and how Morris had a real difficult defensive assignment. You said that's really his role on this team. I completely agree. But the one thing I'll say in that game is, had he even been half of the Morris he's been in the starting lineup offensively over the first half or so, 50 games of this season, he would have absolutely been the difference. Um, he took enough shots that if two or three of those three pointers went down, that's the difference in the game, but he's been struggling a little bit. Thought he would have been, you know, maybe just that defensive assignment, but I'm starting to look at it. And I think it's trailing out a little bit. I think he's cooled off offensively, which is difficult because even against Brooklyn, he just wasn't hot.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's great that Marcus has, has been such a, a savior for this team and, and really has been, had been really one of the more consistent players. This is the first kind of cold stretch he's had and we'll see. You know, maybe after the all-star break, you know, in a couple of weeks, if, if this is a return to normal and, you know, the water is going to find its level with him or if, uh, you know, just it's kind of a blip on the radar and he'll go back to what he was. Uh, you know, what's, what's helpful is that Jalen Brown has really kind of regained his form. Uh, I think he's had like nine 20 point games or something in the last, you have know, 20 games or something like that. I mean, he's, Jalen has filled that role and filled the gap that um, – I, I don't want to say it's even a gap. The officials of are still
1: them. nasty to him, though, man. They are. He he's really not – I mean, I get it. He's a young player, and they don't get cred. But I, I'm starting to feel like the officials pick on him. And I think there may be something about fluidity.
2: I think the Celtics in general don't get a good whistle. Uh I mean, Kyrie – I mean, Horford on – on Monday night against the Nets was losing his mind because he got hit in the head and whacked all over the place. I mean, when Al Horford picks up a technical because he's so upset because the refs aren't calling it, you know, something's wrong, you know, and, and this is happening over and over and over again. They do just you think, don't get, do don't you get think calls. it's part,
1: do you think it's part of manufacturing some regular season drama? Like to make this team. Not be so dominant to make them go through trial and tribulation to to keep that record down a little bit so that the Eastern Conference, with the addition of Kawhi and the superstar like stratosphere emergence of Giannis, Anthony the Kempo, that all of that. Just as manufacturing for great postseason drama, so everybody doesn't sleep through the Eastern Conference, just watching the West and waiting to see who Golden State's going to destroy. But then all of a sudden, there's <laughs> this postseason charge by the Celtics. Like you got to think sometimes that that's not as far off base as it sounds, especially when you know JB's favorite Tim oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. that all yeah. seems a distant past now because it's been over a decade. But, you know, it still lets that those thoughts creep into your brain that, you know, there's a little bit of directive here. And so who knows? Who knows? David Stern's gone. You know, we have the uh interesting looking David Silver. I mean, David Silver, there we go. That's awesome. Adam Silver, but um <laughs> maybe so maybe he has got a little bit of David in him. Who knows? Right. He, he might. But at at the end of the day, I wonder about that. Brown definitely I don't know what it is, but he's not their favorite. Uh and and maybe he's whining a little bit too much. Maybe he's maybe he's got Perk status. Remember Perk used to, you know, just drive them crazy and so he wouldn't get calls. Uh the thing about Morris though is, you know, who does go in, it's definitely not gonna be Hayward. I mean I think we can rule him out at this point. So it really it would it would have to be Brown. And and certainly, you know, could be, and Morris could go back to the bench potentially. But I feel like Brown needs, you know, that opportunity to thrive offensively. And if the calls don't go his way, you just wind up putting Morris back into the starting lineup to cover up for early foul trouble on Jalen, and now you're really screwed on the bench. Mm -hmm. Blows your game
2: plan. Right. And then, of course, then the other idea is you you get Terry Rozier, who – clearly look at the cleveland game look at the golden state game look at the you know look at the brooklyn game this is clearly a guy who plays differently when he's in the starting lineup for whatever it's worth um so you know do you go three guards and and have <laughs> smart as a small forward i mean nobody wants wow. to see that but you know who it is but clearly you know who it is it, it, what's that who
1: but well, we know the Celtics need a big man. There's your teaser for after the break. <laughs> but there is a guy who's there's a on guy. The show. There's a host on Celtic Stuff Live who said, you know, Aaron Baines really should be the guy out there. And they talked about experimenting with Horford and Baines recently on the broadcast. And mm-hmm. you know, he is really—I mean, he got a little crazy with the threes in the Brooklyn game. Uh, the they way worked, he was though. backing him up. But he, it, Brothers, what was he? Two Flash out of four. Brothers. Is he two for four? Uh I I think, I think he was, was like right. two for four. I'm just you yeah. know, just trying to recollect. I definitely didn't look at the box, but uh but anyway, you know, he was more than willing to to freely shoot those, space it out, but you know, even the size and the strength, I you know, that might be that might be the move in some spot scenarios because Morris and Brown can work well off of each other. You know, Morris is much better in that half-court offense where they need somebody to ISO. I mean, honestly, like we just said, we wanted Hayward to do that. But if Morris did go to the bench and Baines went into the starting lineup, I don't think it would hurt him a ton offensively um, in that starting lineup just because of the weapons that are out there. As a matter of fact, it might give Tatum the opportunity to grow a little bit. And then, and then you look at Morris. Maybe he keeps that that prevents those cold streaks from happening. And Brown continues to attack and transition and spot up, knock down threes. I'd I'd like the idea of getting Tatum
2: more of a focal point in the offense, um, trying to build his consistency from game to game. That might be a great way to do it. What I always worry about when you take Morris out is losing his rebounding because I think he's the best rebounder. Tatum can be a better rebounder on on occasion, and, and when it really matters, he always seems to come up with. Well, Baines rebounds. is a good
1: rebounder too.
2: But, well, no, that's my point. My point is is that by doing Baines instead of Jalen or instead of Rozier, you're maintaining that high level of rebounding. You're taking some of the load off Horford. Um, you know, it doesn't work with every team, but it may be maybe one way to go. Um, I, you know, <laughs> the, the answer is you want Hayward to be the guy. You know, that, that all of, all, almost all of the Celtics problems this year go back to, if Hayward was Hayward, then dot, dot, dot.
1: You know, and unfortunately, that's just not an option. Um, uh, clearly you gotta feel bad for the guy. You know, he just it's had brutal. a baby. I know we were going to do this in the second half, but maybe we could tie it back up, but I think it's got its place right now. Yeah. You know, he just had a baby. You had said something to me the other day just on text messaging as we were kind of going back and forth about the fallout from the Golden State game even though I still felt like that was a great showing. I d- I did not walk away from no, that disappointed at all yeah. and I realized that some people were and a lot oh, of the criticism being levied at at Hayward and and I totally understand that. Um 100% understand it. Except like the guy had a devastating ankle injury. There were people you know sitting there watching his first game as it's in a Celtics uniform saying that guy's not going to play basketball again, mm-hmm. you know, or if he does, he's not, you know, and and that's what we're kind of looking at, you know, just his explosiveness, everything else is just not there consistently. We see spurts of it, but you had suggested in all that fallout, like maybe the conversation is, you know, you let you let Hayward just take some time off, you know, some paternity leave, be with the kid and, and, and just kind of rest up. And I almost think there might not be, I think it wouldn't be bad to give him a week or two off like that and just let him concentrate on strength training, being home for, you know, relaxing a little bit, clearing his head, which is what I think was your prime reason for suggesting that.
2: Yeah. That's the, that's the, I I think this is entirely a mental issue. Like you said, I mean, you see spurts, you see him do chase down blocks, you see him, you know, you know, throw a dunk down or whatever. But when you see him in other situations, in traffic and in the lane, he's—it's like he's running molasses. It's yeah, he like- doesn't
1: want anybody underneath those ankles. His his play- it's like yeah. he's terrified that he's going to roll that bitch. Yeah,
2: and I and I. It, it- we all would be in that scenario. You know, if you get in one car accident, you're, you know, you're on a swivel, you know, all the time and you're always wearing your seatbelt and all that. Well, unfortunately for him to be the player he needs to be, he needs to go in thinking, not thinking that he's going to go in and land and turn his, his foot sideways. You know, he can't think like that if he wants to be an NBA basketball player. And I don't know how you get that. I don't know how you block it. I don't know what sports psychologists can do or what hypnosis can do or what any of those, I don't know how you get over that block, but clearly to me,
1: it's like I said, fine. Fine. yeah, several it's, shows ago, it's got to get mad. Block. He's got to get mad. And maybe, yeah. maybe he needs to go sit for a little bit and then, and then come out and, and, and the postseason might bring it out of him. Yeah. it, it really might. It, this may be sort of a trust-the-process kind of scenario from the coaches, from the training staff. You know, we don't want you to get hurt during the regular season, so, you know, just trust your body. Tr- you know, that whole dialogue that happens with a rehabbing player, and then they get into the postseason, and and, and he mixes it up with somebody somehow, I and mean, he seems like such a nice guy, right? But, you know, somebody just looks at him sideways, catches him wrong, fouls him hard, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden... He has to legitimately not care about the angle, you know, or his future, right? Because that's what's going on. I mean, what do you think happens to somebody mentally when they have a kid, right? All we start thinking about is the future, the future, you know, right up until you have your first child, you're all set. You're like, oh, I'm in, I'm indestructible. Nobody can stop me. I'm. You know, and then all of a sudden you have that first kid and that all starts to go away. That whole thing starts to erode, the weight of responsibility for other people, you know, and and I get he's already made millions and you can say that you know that's not the case, but it doesn't matter. It's his livelihood. You know, if he was making fifty thousand dollars or he's making thirty million, it's still his livelihood. It's still just the way people think, regardless of whether or not it's rational.
2: Well, and like think of it from this perspective too right so he's you know he does you know he's he's a very competitive guy uh clearly right and he's he signs here right uh signs with isaiah signs with horford right it's really to bring it back right then the No, i don't know i don't think so but but either way he You know, Kyrie trade happens. Okay. We're, we're, this is going here. We're, you know, they know things are happening, right? They go to training camp. Everything's looking good. Team's looking great. Five minutes in doesn't even get a home game, right? So the whole year is, is surgery and recovery and, and rehab and blah, 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 really up until two weeks before camp. Right. Never really has a chance to kind of live within the new body, live within the the fixed ankle, live within whatever that is. It's it's basically been rush, 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 right up until camp. And now he's got to like play with this new body, really, you know, and he's disappointing. You know, he, he doesn't get off to a good start. Um. Everybody does a bad role. It doesn't know their role. They're the team is losing games. Um. He's missing shots. He's it's a nightmare
1: for a guy who's not solid enough mentally in terms of his faith and his ability
2: to play the game. It's yeah because the the core of what he is as a player he has no confidence in zero confidence in any of that and the players around him don't have confidence in themselves because of whatever funky stuff was going on. Kyrie returning, Jalen adding stuff, Tatum. I mean, it was a mess to start this season. Those guys have slowly found their way. And there's one guy left. I mean, you could say Rosie or maybe not, but there's one guy left who really has not found anything. And it's, it's Gordon. And the question is, you know, there was a there was a remark made, um, I can't remember who who the reporter was, that said, you know, they don't they don't like Gordon. You know, that oh, it was uh Tom, Tim Bontabbs. He said that that other players were resentful of him because he was getting time and not earning it. And this was the day of the Golden State game. And then after that, of course, there's a Draymond Green. Uh Well, we don't know who it is. Yeah, it's obvious We know, Draymond, that, we know it hilarious. was Draymond talking yeah. to, to, to Jeff Goodman saying, you know, he's a liability. So you've got all that. At some point, the team has got to pick him up. Maybe that's the, the piece of this. He's got to clear his head. But I feel like the team needs to pick him up. But I feel like they've tried and the water thing after good games. But he needs to... Something needs to come together
1: for him. He needs because to Because right now, exactly. He needs to Not snap. his leg. No. It <laughs> is <laughs> right. I can't believe you would say that. Well, you're, it's, you you're know, show. that's the, no, you're that's off the You gotta break. Yeah. 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 No, he, 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 he has to snap. He has to literally, like, he has to all, he just has to break bad. He needs to Walter White and and you know it may be it may be next season before that happens but yep. alright so uh, we have one major topic we have to get to so we're going to tell you about 1 in 100 and Robin Hood and then we'll come back and talk about Anthony Davis and all of this conversation and the battle with the Lakers that that isn't even on the court you know here we are again so hey Boston sports fans do you want to get killer seats to your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza I bet you're tired of paying all those inflated markups from brokers? Or what about those last-minute convenience charges just to end up paying courtside prices for nosebleed seats? Are you kidding me? Go to 1in100.co. That's onein 100.co. co. I bet you're feeling lucky, so try it out now. There's no other place online that's doing raffles to win tickets to events, and it's a totally new way to score tickets to your favorite events and A new way to score Boston Celtics tickets. The cost to potentially get these tickets with 1 in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can get a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer and your first raffle ticket is free after signing up. The experience of using 1 in 100 is extremely fun and exciting from picking your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. Are you feeling lucky? Try it. 1in100.co, one that's onein one dot co. And Robinhood, an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. This non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time, you can do it with true confidence. I have friends that have been encouraging me to invest in cryptocurrencies, and now I've finally done it with Robinhood's the easy-to-use app. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. But guess what? Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Learn how to invest while you build your portfolio and discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized news feed. You can also get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. And Robinhood is giving listeners, our listeners, a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your own portfolio. Sign up at CelticStuff.Robinhood.com. That's CelticStuff.Robinhood.com.
0: The big in big wireless provider stands for a lot of things. Big contracts, big bills, and big fees. What big wireless doesn't want you to know is there's a way to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Introducing Mint Mobile, the game-changing company that's taken everything wrong with big wireless and made it right. Mint Mobile makes it so easy to cut your bill down to just 15 bucks a month. You can even keep your old number, along with all your existing contacts, with any Mint Mobile plan. There's no more paying for unlimited data that you'll never use. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, plus free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card, go to mintmobile.com slash podcast. That's mintmobile.com slash podcast. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month and get free shipping on your Mint Mobile SIM card at mintmobile.com slash podcast.
1: All right, John. So, Woes Bomb, Woz Bomb, that comes out Monday. AD basically demanding a trade or is demanding a trade. And lots of spin out fallout from this. Obviously we're going to link that to Kyrie shortly and this on again, off again. He says he's not going anywhere. And now all of a sudden these reports and you know, I already queued up manufactured drama by the officials, but here's another one by the media in my opinion, but not Anthony Davis's request for trade. This is legit. Uh, and you know, I, you got to think he's got his sights set entirely on Golden State right? That's where he wants to make his mark. He wants to say, I'm the guy that beat that team. And so the Lakers seem to be, I don't, I don't even really want to call them a front runner, John. I know they're a front runner in the way that the media is approaching it, you know, but if Boston didn't have this unfortunate situation where they have that, whatever exception player, you know, can only have one of it. I can't remember what the rule is. Rose rule. Rose rule. So, because they already have a Rose Rule player, they're totally stuck here. But this—I don't even think this would be a debate if they did it. One of the issues in the off-season is a lot of the assets that they would want to trade won't necessarily be theirs anymore. They'd have to go and sign and trade. I'm looking at you, Terry Rozier. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it. Um...
2: Boy, it's, it's, it's a, it's a mouthful. I mean, right now the whole, you know, debate, right, dialogue is about LA, 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 LA. And I, and I think that that's, what, what I object to most is the destabilization comments, you know, uh, the stuff that, that really, uh, Chris Haynes put out there on, on Monday suggesting that Kyrie, you know, he's not, they're not sure if Kyrie wants to stay. And, and even Jared Weiss, who was on the Rain and Jays today said, you know, well, I still think that he's going to return, but it's like 80%. So it feels like there's like this constant churn of like, well, what's Kyrie going to do and all this. And yet we've got, We got a commercial out there with him and his dad and talking about being in the rafters and we got him standing up in front of the crowd. No, it's preseason. I mean, if he, if he did a heel turn like that, it would be the most epic heel turn ever, right? I mean, this whole, to me, this whole thing starts and ends with Kyrie. If Kyrie wants out, then there's no sense even worth, worth discussing this because quite frankly, Rosier is staying, you know, and they're going to take those picks and they're going to turn it. That's what's and there are
1: people who think that that's the best thing for the team anyway,
2: by yeah, the way. I, I think those people are wrong, but, but yeah, there were people 90, percent thought we should keep Al Jefferson over trade for Kevin Garnett too, you know, so, uh, and, and probably we had that conversation feel like, well, you know, I really don't want to give up big Al, you know, and, um, um I You know, I don't see why you'd – to me, Kyrie Irving is staying. There's been a lot of pushback on those initial reports. Sam Amick from The Athletic was like – sources were saying, no, 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 no. He's not going anywhere. Jackie McMillan, same idea. So I feel pretty good about Kyrie staying in Boston. The question is, is Kyrie going to – is he feeling like he's going to come back or is he going to be an active – Person trying to recruit is he going to go to the, the All Star game and recruit Anthony Davis to come to Boston? You know that's the question I think. And if so, I feel very good about our chances. I feel like this is right now. This is about LeBron. This is about Rich Paul. This is about all of that. LeBron's been sitting home on his butt, not being able to play. His team sucks, and he's like, "Get me something right now!" You know, and he's calling up his buddy Rich Paul, and that's how it's going to go down. But the Pelicans have all the reason in the world to wait. All the smart people in the NBA say wait. <laughs> Everyone's saying this is Boston. Boston has the best deal. Wait for Boston. Maybe the Pelicans aren't smart, but I don't think they're that stupid.
1: And I, I don't either. Wait. I, I'm with you. I think they wait. I also think that, um, that it is true that Boston has the best assets. I, I guess, you know, it's who goes in that deal and, if, and for how much money? Cause it's clearly going to be a sign and trade. Like they're going to give. They're, well, an extension, sign an extension and trade. AD should get his extension before he's moved. And that helps push the numbers up so that you can squeeze in all the assets. Cause despite the fact that the Celtics have all these picks, that's not, I don't think what the Pelicans are going to want. They're going to want some picks for sure, but they're not going to gamble on those picks and, you know, bringing them the next Anthony Davis cause they're just not going to be high enough. Uh, most likely, right? So th- they're not looking at that. That's the sweetener. That's how they get some players out of Boston that they can build a future on. And then they take these picks so that they have cheap people to put them around, put around them. You know, so Terry Rozier in a silent trade is definitely an option here. Um, I think at one point we were all looking at, you know, replacing Al Horford, but, then with the play of Hayward, you almost wonder if he's the salary. And, you know, they're kind of banking on the fact that they're going to be a younger team and they can afford his salary for the next two years with a high upside gamble of Hayward being, like, a phenomenal player next year after, you know, breaking Walter White, right? So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that they may want to be looking at. I just wonder where the salary caps out. You know, Gordon's contract is definitely bigger than Horford's. You know, maybe if they sign and trade just the right pieces, uh, they can get up there. But it's a little bit tough. You, you, I gotta think you gotta have one of these big contracts in there. Uh, but who do you think? What who do you think has to has to go? Because I almost see a way where they could re-sign Morris if they wind up doing this deal too, depending on how much they got. There yeah. could be dollars left, which would be really phenomenal. Because just imagine if they kept Horford. And then they had Anthony Davis at the center position. I know he's still a little bit more of a power forward, but, you know, we'll just call him, you know, the two forwards, right? It's two forwards, two wings, and a guard, point guard. So, you know, Horford and and Davis, I mean, yeah, Horford, Davis, and then maybe Morris is still out there with Tatum, you know, but that's even almost kind of funky, right? Like, does Tatum become the shooting guard in that lineup? Like, you know, the pieces are kind of funny. Maybe Morris goes back to the bench. And then, you know, who knows who plays, sh- you know, shooting guard. Cause well, Brown is gone. Brown is 100% well, in this package.
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I think so. I think the deal is going to surround Jalen Brown. I think that that's what's going to happen. Um, I think Brown is as good as anything LA can give up. You know, I don't think, uh, I don't think. Kuzma, given his age and the fact all he does is score, which is important, uh, given the fact that Lonzo is still has potential, but that's all he has and hasn't shown it on on any great degree. And Ingram still is a notch below Brown. So all three guys still below Jalen Brown. Now the question is, can you when you put those three pieces together, does that then jump over the Jalen Brown piece, even with the, the picks? And to the point where you have to throw Tatum in. I think that's where, I think if we can get through this next 10 days. But who's the
1: salary match?
2: Well, I think that so. Because that's
1: a big key here. Like, you know, you're throwing Horford in for salary matching, even with the limited, you know, time on the contract. That's still, that's way better you know and i right. don't see how this i i don't see how they don't sign and trade rosier you know they send rosier and brown well, together i mean that just i get it he has got other options but if right. they need the salary match terry could end up being a huge winner in a deal like that versus the free market
2: right i mean maybe maybe he'll be okay with saying you know i don't care going about going there and, and pay me whatever you got to pay me um the the timing's tough in terms of tr- trying to work out assigned trades now is is really hard and we're, working at a deal of this magnitude is is hard enough so with players under under control that seems to be would be a, a next level type issue but who knows um there's also like base year compensation issues and things. Uh, I think you got to deal with. He's still but, restricted, too, right? Well, he's restricted, but. Does that restrict
1: you from trading him? Yes. Uh, because For how he long? Signs,
2: well, if he's. Let's see. If he signs. I mean, this isn't month, like a.
1: That's not like a base year deal where you have to wait till December, right? Well, no,
2: no, but. That's
1: like more of an August thing. And okay, they can well,
2: totally wait through August. Well, well, no, hold on. If he signs his. If he doesn't get it, if no one signs his offer sheet, okay, he doesn't sign an offer sheet, and he signs his qualifying offer. I believe that makes him a uh, a no has tra- given a, no, a no trade clause, okay. So the the best benefit here, it would seem, would be for, for him to sign a new deal. Um, and I'm not sure how that works. The timing of that, how that works, it, p- potentially they, they they could do it, but I I don't know. Everything here is going to be so careful in terms of how it's done and, and the order, just, just on the nature of Kyrie's opt out and resign alone. That's, that's another complicating factor we haven't even talked about, but you've got that. They're going to get
1: that first. They're not going to, they're, they got to get that first so that everybody is happy.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, so the, the, you know, where you kind of are is really smart is either a part of it with a lot of other pieces or it's Horford or you know slash uh or, or Hayward you know to me those those are either it's a, a deal built around a, a max player or it's built around smart and a lot of young
1: players and yeah it would be smart terry brown and what would that get you like smarts at what 12 Right, twelve a year, uh, 10 and a half? 13, 13, I think. Thirteen. All right, so he's at he's at thirteen. Brown's going to be close to five, right? In the and then think, he'll be in his final year. Yeah, five year. or six, I think. Yeah. Yep. So he's around that gets him to around eighteen. But then they sign and trade, you know, Rozier, and they could pay Rozier twelve, and I don't think any would be upset with that, and maybe a little bit more. Those well, three players with all those picks might actually get you pretty darn close. Here's the point. And What I'm getting at is Smart, Brown, and Rozier is definitely better than the Lakers package, especially when we throw in picks, right. correct? Right.
2: I, right. I mean, there's the Celtics have a 100 different ways they can build this package. I mean, maybe not a 100, but there's a number of ways they can build this package. The Lakers have basically one, which is throw all their young players at it and an expiring deal. And at the end of that, what do you really have? If the Lakers throw their picks in, the picks are worth – virtually nothing so there, you're not getting anything extra you're not gonna sweeten it with picks you've got to really love lonzo ball and his funky shooting motion you gotta really love a 85 uh pound uh, small forward and you gotta love uh, uh, one
1: eight, of us on this show did love the 85 pound I did. I did. small I forward did.
2: i did but listen.
1: He's got potential. Yeah, you know, he, he does. But you know, work. he hasn't gained any weight. I mean, that's no. one of the biggest issues. Is like, where is the muscle, dude? Like, now you're in the NBA. Right. Like, there are people that are supposed to exactly like. There are people that are supposed to be there to teach you how to gain some muscle, right? Yeah. And and you know, it's it's a lot of carbs and it's a lot of weights and maybe it's still a genetics thing. You know what I mean? Like, who knows when he's 29? Yeah. Is he all of a sudden like? You know, rugged. You know, but I mean, like, huge upside for Ingram right now is to end up like Tayshawn Prince. You know what I mean in terms of build. I yeah. I mean, I th- I think yeah.
2: I don't think he's had great leadership until this year too. That's the other. You know, I mean, LeBron being there certainly helps to define some things there. But regardless, I mean, the point is Brown is above all of the, all three of those as as uh, pieces, and and will. You know, will the New Orleans, what do the New Orleans Pelicans want? We all thought that, you know, the Spurs were going to want young players and picks. That didn't happen. You know, so we got to figure out what they want. But again, the Celtics have options. Do you want to take a flyer on, on what Gordon Hayward might be in, in year two from injury? That might be, you know, something that would put butts in seats.
1: You know, and a year two player. from injury. But you know? Here's what's crazy. What a big sink in dollars, right? Like, that was a huge contract that they're getting sure. little value out of. Now, it's a luxury they could afford because of the youth. That's all on yeah. inexpensive contracts. But, you know, th- this was a tough sucker for them. You know, sucker punch, I guess, for them and for Gordon. Like, sure. this isn't a, there. there's no blame to be levied Gordon's way. Like, people can no. be upset about his play, but you can't right. be upset with the person. Um, it's pretty heroic that he is coming back. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways. And, you know, so, but, but at the same time, the reality of it is it's really tough on the salary. Um, you know, tough on the contracts, tough on the money. Guys got to be re-signed. You know, this was, uh, this was supposed to be built for a deal that would have a lineup of Kyrie, you know, Hayward, Horford and Davis and somebody at the two, you know, depending on how the pieces fell. Um, and now they've got, you know, Tatum, who they're kind of like, well, how does this fit, right, And and in that lineup? But if Gordon were Gordon, he could have played shooting guard. So that could have been the lineup. And that is a Warriors beater. Like, there's no doubt that's that. Think about right. it. Kyrie, Hayward, Tatum. And I almost feel like you just go ahead and keep Hayward if you can and take a flyer on it and see what can happen. Because in a lineup with Kyrie, Horford, Davis, and Tatum, you really could plug in a shooting guard that's lesser. You know what I mean? And, look, guards are a dime a dozen in this league right now. Right. Right? They could go find one that just plays solid defense, you know, to replace a Marcus Smart. Because if it's not Hayward and Horford, like you said, it's definitely Marcus Smart. It's definitely Jalen Brown. It's likely Terry Rozier. Could be other pieces, you know could be their draft pick this year, you know, like Right.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, that's the funny thing. Like you these picks, man, like <laughs> they're not going to trade all the picks no matter what we do. So they're still going to have, you know, draft capital. I mean, they're not going to give three picks to I don't think they're going to give three picks or four picks to uh uh, you know, to New Orleans. So they're going to still have you know multiple players they're going to be bringing in even if they do a Davis deal. I mean, so let, let me to, to kind of circle back, let me get, this is a couple that Ryan Bernardoni threw out. Okay. He says, okay, here's a couple. He's throwing this, uh, dunked on, uh, talking about this and, um, but anyway, Tatum smart, uh, a choice of either Sac- Sacramento or Memphis pick, So one or the other. So, uh, somewhere between six and 12, let's say, um, low lottery pick Boston's 19 pick and time Lord. Okay. Or, Brown, Sacramento pick, Memphis pick, and Horford, but Horford has to opt in to make that happen i don't I don't like either of those no it, I think the idea is it's going to cost a lot yeah and, well and, and the reason it lot, is, is, the Tatum, is, is why, problematic
1: why can't it be Brown instead of Tatum on that first deal? I don't understand
2: that. I think the issue is, is there a roster not
1: construction
2: a, not of value. That you need you
1: need more value in the in the,
2: in the deal, yeah, I would, no I would wants more,
1: yeah, I would do you that know? deal, and I would put in both picks just like you'd have in the second deal, you know what I mean, Memphis and Sacktown and brown, so you're saying you would do brown
2: smart and then Sacramento and Memphis, and Memphis. yeah and Boston and time lord, yeah, and, but keep Tatum,
1: but keep Tatum,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Tatum's Ann untouchable Warford. to me. I mean, I got Lance G, as you remember, you know, I do. probably one of our first listeners ever. Absolutely. All nope, the nope. way out on the West Coast. Love you, Lance. You know, he, he sent me a message on Twitter and was, you know, DM, and he was like, hey, he's like, you know, what would you give up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, for me, Tatum's untouchable. You know, he's the guy yeah. that's here after this crew with AD. Yeah. You know, and when this group yeah. ages out, those are your two pieces. That's your draw. You've got to have guys that are going to be here in a second level of this that are going to be able to draw in other players and recruit them.
2: Well, and, and here's, so here's the other piece of that. And, I, and going along with what you're saying too, if you don't have that, that resign, right? If you don't have that extension, cause there's a chance you don't get that coming off of this deal, you need to have, you need to have Tatum. In here, you cannot do a deal for Tatum and not have an, a five year extension or something. You know, that's right. You It, it is, it is a one to one. So if you get the extension, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm listening because Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving and, you know, probably one out of, uh, you know, Horford or, you know, Hayward or what have you that could win an NBA championship in 2020. Bottom line, right? But if you are only going to get one year of Anthony Davis, and hopefully you can, you you go through this dance like Toronto's doing with Kawhi right now, or what Paul George or Paul George did last year uh, in in OKC. I, I, there's no way you can give up Tatum in that in that regard. You need to have. Either some certainty. I don't know that you can't give them now, up either way.
1: I, you gotta find Maybe a different not. way. And here's Maybe why. Not. And here's why. You gotta find a different way. And we just talked about how you can find a different way because mm-hmm. it's who you're bidding against. That's exactly. all it is. It's who you're right. bidding against, who has the assets. There's no reason to give up a Tatum to make this deal mm-hmm. happen because the Pelicans are the ones that lose. At the end of next year, or they lose at the next trade deadline if they don't get something done. And we've seen people be stubborn and not trade with Danny before, you know, Butler, and get crap in return. Right. So Paul George, Paul, Paul George, George like, one. Yep. it has happened. It could happen again and it could just be unfortunate for the Celtics. But this one, like you said, the pundits, everybody else talking, it's such a no brainer for the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. What's happening right now is they're trying to drive the price up on the Celtics. They're trying to set the bar so when they get to this summer, they can say this is what we could have gotten. We can still get it. But they need to, they need to strike now while they can get those other teams to look at the urgency and right. hopefully tip their hand before the Celtics are even in play. Well, they have to create that urgency so that the Lakers are saying, we'll give you everything. But even if the Lakers give them everything, we can still do this deal, give them more and not give up Tatum.
2: They also, they can't let New Orleans feel that pressure and, and, and become uh, what we think they are, which is a backwater uh, front office. You know, we we need them to be smart and savvy about this and play for their best their best hand. And and that that hand comes in June and July. It does not come in February, where yeah. the Lakers are the only ones who can who can bid. The other interesting piece in this, of course, is what about the number one pick? Right? Some people say, well, if if this team gets the number one pick, then they could trade for it. Okay. There's only one team I think that can that can win. The win the lottery conceivably could win the lottery and the deal makes sense, which is New York. If New York wins, there's a deal to be had there to send, uh, to send number one to, to New Orleans and get Anthony Davis. That makes some sense. The, the Knicks have cap room. There's a whole bunch of reasons for it,
1: but yes. Well, the and the, the other team, reason for but, it is, is that is the only scenario where Kyrie really does leave Boston for New York. Maybe. I'm still not convinced. But you're right. I'm just saying that's the only scenario. Like if that deal, if that deal were to get done, that's the scenario where Kyrie might leave. Right. But uh, otherwise it doesn't happen because, you know, you're, they can't line it up for the two of them to be in New York at the same time in the same year. And there's no way Kyrie's going over there to play for a year by himself. No. Not a chance in hell. There's two dates, I guess, that we
2: gotta look at. So uh, just about a week from today or or a week from Thursday, I guess. Week from Thursday, draft, right? That's, that's the deadline. So we get about eight days of dealing with the Lakers and all their clutch sports nonsense. Then it's, it's, it's lottery night, right? If the, if the Knicks win the number one pick, then we're,
1: you know, then we gotta deal with that. Then we're sweating it a little bit. Yeah.
2: But though they're the worst team, remember this is the year they started flattening the odds. So, the top three worst teams all have the same odds to get number one. So Phoenix and Cleveland are in the same boat as the Knicks. So this actually might be a team we actually at the time we actually want to see the Cleveland Cavaliers win the lottery. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For
1: the man. first time.
2: Is there way, before. There's no way that's we, happening. Exactly.
1: You just insured the New York Knicks to get nah, the
2: it's the Knicks. All right. Frozen envelopes and everything. I'll we'll be t- good. T-
1: We'll be talking about this for a week, so we can leave a little bit on the table for future shows. And, uh, we'll wrap this one, but everybody enjoy the game against the Hornets tonight. I'm what? I'm there. I'm going. You're, you're in Charlotte? No, it's in Boston, man. Oh, it's in Boston. I was like, what, what? Oh, I didn't realize you were going to the game. I'm going. I'm, I'm excited. You said so it wait. so excitingly. You threw me. I thought it was like a yeah. road game. You're like, no. I'm there. I
2: am, well, I am. It's Every game is a road game for me, given how far away I have to drive. But, That's
1: true. That's so, true.
2: So that'll be fun. I hope Kyrie plays. Last Based on the weather, you're going to
1: wish it was in Charlotte.
2: No, it's not going to be too bad. We'll, that'll, that'll be pious. We'll be okay. All right, all right, all right. We're Mainers, man. Come on. You know this. I do. Can get through anything. <laughs>
1: All right, everybody. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Our heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in, and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, Sammy, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Jelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poolen. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
0: Celtic Stuff Live.
1: Are you sure the game's not in Charlotte? <laughs> I'm very certain.
2: <laughs> I'm very certain. <laughs> I mean, to... you did buy tickets, right? I, I did buy tickets, yeah. That was that's a
1: really right. great observation. I definitely did not look at the schedule before okay. we did this. I mean, I knew they were playing the Hornets and we didn't even do a prediction, but but well, we
2: got our outtakes. This is our outtakes. We got yeah, three Yeah, that's games. right. That's right. There we go. Three now and we right, Let's do sequel. it.
1: Let's do it. We got to do it quick. I'm so going Charlotte to it,
2: Knicks and OKC.
1: Uh, two, on, two at home, Knicks. Knicks on the road. Charlotte Knicks OKC. All three. Three and zero. Oh. Yeah, because they're doing this thing with Kyrie where they're resting him so that he's yeah. ready for those big games like yeah. OKC, let's which makes me him. feel a lot better. No, I really like it. I feel really good about the way they're managing it because it also gives, you know, Terry a little bit of an opportunity to get some playing time and keep his head up.
2: Yeah, just not let him, let's let not rest him Wednesday night. Like, let's let him play Wednesday night.
1: No, he's, he's got to play against Kemba.
2: Yeah, he's got to because John's there too, and I got to see that. Yeah. Um <laughs> And he could sit the Knicks game <laughs> to to piss off all the Knicks people. That would be fantastic.
1: Oh, he, he probably night. won't do that. But that'll be a little, that could, that could add into this little manufactured drama piece, right? Boston sat in just so that he didn't feel the love in New York. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's the spin coming out of New York. Absolutely. They denied us a glimpse. You know, those jerks were cheering for Hayward and making enemies, you know, in the hometown with Jay Crowder. And then they signed him, but they won't even let us put Kyrie out on the floor.
2: You know, it's coming. Absolutely. I'm I'm booing. Yes, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm booing preemptively. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. And then OKC. I mean, OKC's playing really well. Paul George is playing out of his mind, but it's a home game. Yeah. Sometimes they play kind of funny that day, but they don't play. They only they play Friday. They have Saturday off. I like their chance. Yeah,
1: yeah. That early Sunday game. That was actually the game last year. You were they to. played Portland that I went yes. to with my parents and my son. Right. And uh we saw Terry Rozier hit a big shot, but Al Horford hit a fadeaway mm-hmm. in the last seconds and, and uh they walked they walked away with a big win. Awesome. And then I went to my buddy's house to watch the Patriots lose to the Eagles oh. and I live in Pennsylvania now, so believe me, I was glad I was in Maine for that loss. But even in the middle of it, I just so you know, I cut the sleeves off my Patriots sweatshirt. <laughs> And the, it was at halftime, so I just have to tell you this quick story that we'll wrap. So, it's halftime of that game. This sweatshirt, my buddy and I were roommates when they won the Super Bowl in 01. Mm -hmm. And right afterwards we went out to get swag. And it was a very, it's a very basic, it's just got the Patriots logo and it's kind of small on the front of the chest and otherwise it's just a gray hoodie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I've had this thing for almost 20 years, right? And it's halftime. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wearing it, you know, with my brewski jersey over it. And it's halftime. And I'm like, we need some mojo, dude. We need some mojo. I go, the sleeves on this is all ratty anyway. Go get the scissors. Mm-hmm. Go get the scissors. Mm-hmm. And I totally cut it up and went Belichick. Nice. You know, for the second half. But you have no idea how disappointing it is when you think that you just came up with the mojo machine and they still walk away with a loss. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I just cut a sweatshirt I've had for <laughs> since 2001. Yeah. But But it's a Patriots talking piece now.
2: It's well, and it's the Patriots. If if you don't cut your your, at some point, if you don't cut the sleeves off your Patriots sweatshirt, what kind of fan are you?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's so.
2: Let's let's do a prediction. What about the Pats game?
1: Oh, it's a win. win. Yeah, it's a Pats win.
2: Pats win. Yeah, because here's why.
1: Your your book. This is the end too. By the way, this is it in my book. Like there is, you know, next year they'll be competitive, but this is the end. It started with the Rams and it ends with the Rams. Yeah. It's 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 just so the whole thing is so wacky storybook to begin with. That 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 is so perfect. The outgoing, you know, Kurt um uh uh you know, greatest show on Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf. Yeah. Old dude, you know, but mm-hmm. on his way out, Patriots emerge, young Tom Brady. Now they've you know, they just did the whole Mahomes thing with Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know, and he just keeps showing the young guys, then they wind up beating the Rams and then but that's I think this is I'm not saying Tom Brady's done but no, I'm just, I just but I I think this is this yep. is it. This is I it. I agree.
2: I agree. I think so I I'm going to give a score. I'm going to say 38-35 Pats. Uh I yeah, it'll be right.
1: it'll be a field goal. It'll be yep. the whole yeah.
2: It's coming down to it. Uh we have this tradition in our wouldn't it be crazy if it was
1: 2017? Oh my god! <laughs> I could not take it. You know what I what mean, mean I like could. like the, I could. seventeen to seventeen me, and the listen. Tom Brady drive and like we like you know just make it totally crazy. We have this this uh
2: kind of tradition like that we've done since the the Seattle Super Bowl where if the Pats are behind, this is the um, shots thing. Yes, yes, this is the shots thing where we we all take shots, and it's worked. Um, it did not work last year, but it did work in the AFC championship game. Uh, the bottle will be making its way up the street to my uh, folks were watching the game with, and I believe it will be successful once again for the sixth ring. And uh, yeah, 38, 35. And I think you're right. I think this is it. Gronk retires, a whole bunch of others retire, Belichick and Brady stay, and they start to pivot to the next The next
1: generation of whoever that is. It'd be awesome to see Brady join the coaching staff, but as the offensive coordinator would be cool cool as hell. But let, let, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, oh my God. Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Let Josh McDaniels move into the coaching position. Brady becomes the, becomes the offensive coordinator. Any, all right. That's enough for the outtakes. That's it.
0: Especially,
1: especially since this isn't the Pat Stuff Live. So that's right. (laughs) Later. See ya.